It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Justice Bennett's over Zoom video. Justice was born in Seattle, Washington, and he talks about where he grew up and how he got into music. He moved to North Carolina when he was 14 years old. And when he made that move to North Carolina, he didn't have a whole lot of friends when he first got there, so he turned to songwriting. He talked about putting songs up on SoundCloud, building his own like makeshift studio inside a laundry room at his house that he shared with his roommates, to the success of his song, Replace You. Justice really found success about a year ago. COVID had happened. Uh, he started doing TikToks, putting songs up on TikTok. Replace You ended up doing really well. He ended up getting contacted by a manager who hooked him up with some writers. Then he wrote the song Nightstand, which blew up on TikTok, millions of views. And it's just been climbing ever since with Real Life Sucks and Bad Day and Cool Kids. We talk all about the video for Cool Kids, which is a little Ferris Bueller parody. So definitely check that out. And of course, the new song Cool Kids as well. And you can check out our interview, the video version with Justice Bennett's on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Justice Bennett. This podcast is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about uh, the new records you have coming out. Sweet. Cool. Uh, I did read you were born in, born in Seattle. Yeah, born and raised in Seattle. I moved to North Carolina when I was 14. Okay, talk to me about being born and raised in Seattle. Seattle was really great. I loved everybody there. I loved the people. I loved the, the, uh, the environment. It was, you know, it's really green out there. People say it rains a lot, but it, it like sprinkles. It like rains more per year in North Carolina than it does in Seattle. A lot of people get the, the wrong really? idea. Yeah, they, they get the wrong idea that it is always raining there. It's always overcast, but it's mainly sprinkly. But it's I like that. I love that. Right, yeah, no, right. it's not like downpouring. Were you, were you in the city in, in Seattle? Uh, I was just outside. I lived in a small town, a smaller the town than I live in here in Raleigh. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it, like, how is it? Like, how far were you from the city? I mean, you said 40, it was like it was like forty five minutes. It was like okay. forty five minutes. Yeah. But you were in a small town. What was that like? Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, it was nice. Everybody knew everybody, so it was like small town vibes. And I, I was used to it my whole life. So when I moved to Raleigh, it wasn't too different, but it was still larger than the town I lived in over in Seattle. Okay, so it was a little bit bigger town, but still a small town. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And when did you get into music? I got into music once I moved. I didn't know anybody when I got into my high school, obviously. So I was just like really alienated. Mm-hmm. And so I just turned to music. I got really inspired by the hip hop side, like the lyrical hip hop side of music. 
so that inspired me to start writing music myself and you know rapping in my in my closet okay so before that you didn't play an instrument or anything like up till no i well i didn't play i still barely know how to play a guitar i just i was inspired by the songwriting aspect of things that's what really kick, kick started my inspiration okay and at 14 you started writing songs yeah and were you what were you doing recording them and putting them up on like soundcloud or something like tell yeah me i was posting did. yeah i was posting a lot of music on soundcloud over like youtube beats that i found and stuff but it all sounded it was like recorded over my apple headphones through like some website on my computer so it was like really crappy sounding okay <laughs> how long did you do that but it was for? fun yeah i sure. did that i did that for oh up until up until like a year from now really so, okay yeah so a year from now i built a studio in in the house that i was living in at the time while i was selling cars i had two roommates we had a laundry room and i turned it into a studio i got linked up with a good friend of mine uh, his name's kurt we went to the same high school together but we never really linked up until about a year ago and he started helping me with like the engineering side of things and i started experimenting more and we started the studio together and everything just kept going up from there Wow. Wow. Were you showing anyone your songs when you were in high school? Like the songs you're doing on SoundCloud? Yeah, I would post them like on my Snapchat sometimes and I would just tell my friends to listen to them. But I wasn't like doing the full artist thing, like go check out my new song type type of thing. I was just doing it for fun. Okay. You just, it was just a fun thing. that. But yeah, you, I, just, when, I just enjoyed writing songs. Right, right, right. And was anyone else in your family musical? My uncle was really musical. He was in a band. My mom was a singer at the church, and she like really a music theory head. She knows everything there is to know about it. Really? And yeah. And my dad, my dad wasn't like super musical. He he always talked to me about how he wanted to be an A and R growing up because he just liked listening to music, and he put me on to a lot of the music he listened to, like Pearl Jam and Linkin Park and Green Day, and mm -hmm. you know bands like that. And so, but yeah, my, my family is really, really musical on my mom's side, at least. That's cool. So you remember like seeing her sing in church and everything? Yeah. Yeah. And she would, she would play the piano and like, I would sing some of the, the songs that she would do at, at, at church at our house and stuff. It was fun. Oh, wow. That's really cool. What was yeah. the first, like, once you start posting stuff on SoundCloud and, and doing that through high school, like what was the first, you know, bit of, you know, success you saw? It wasn't up until about a year ago when I started everything. I didn't really see much success. There were there were times where I would I would pay like Adam Twenty Two. He would do these streams where he'd listen to your music, uh -huh. and I would pay I would pay like a hundred dollars to get my my music up on this live stream that he was doing, and I got like you know a lot of plays from that on my SoundCloud. But other than that, it was up up until like a year ago when I really started grinding on my TikTok that things really started going. Oh, okay. So sorry, it, TikTok really helped. Yeah, yeah. T -t -t yeah, TikTok was really the main thing that I, I use. Did you want to be, like, was this your dream to be an artist, like, when you were in high it, school and stuff? Or? It was something I always, like, envisioned. Like, it would be, like, cool, like, you know, like, just, like, talking to friends. Like, it'd be cool. Like, what if I was just, like, a famous rapper or something? And it was something, like, everyone, it was just cool to talk about. But it wasn't really like a goal or like in the line of sight up until you know about a year ago. A year ago, everything changed. Like my whole my whole perspective on everything just like totally did a one eighty. And so I saw like the you know the versatility and how you could you know be a songwriter and not be an artist. And there's other ways to you know make make it in the industry 
without being like a superstar, like Post Malone or something, something like that. Like you don't have to be like this big superstar in order to, you know, do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. When you built the studio, like how long ago was that? The one in the laundry room? That was, that was a year ago. Oh, okay. So everything's, did the studio come because there was some success on TikTok or was it like, let's just take this the next step and build the studio was, in this room? There was, I had no musical success before I started the studio. It was just like, I was just kind of like betting on myself. I was selling cars at the time when I started the studio and eventually I was just tired of selling cars and like going, I would commute an hour and a half to work from wow. like seven o'clock in the morning till eight o'clock at night and then come back home and like work at the studio and so I got, t- I got tired of it and I just quit my job selling cars and put everything I had into the studio and just kept building it. Okay. And so you, you go on TikTok and then how does that start and how does the people start hearing your music and, and it kind of taking off? I just started posting videos of me like singing the songs that I was making in the studio at the time. And there was one song that I made called Replace You. It's one of the first songs in my discography. And uh, my manager now at the time hit me up through Instagram and was like, yo, send me the song. And I sent him the song and he wanted to help me finish it. So he linked me up with a good friend of mine now, Jesse Fink and Brandon Shoup to help remake the song and finish it. And so we did that. We did the whole campaign. And then after that, I linked up with Jesse up in New York and then we did Nightstand and everything just kept building from there. I built my relationship with Jesse and all the people over there in New York, and it's been great. Wow. So the once the first song that you did really was it? Did it start growing on TikTok? Is that how this guy found you? It wasn't growing on TikTok very much. There was one video that did that did fairly well, and then after that, like it didn't really it didn't really do too crazy. I mean, we got it was the first like real success that I that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was a, you know, it was a slow buildup, but once night, once we dropped nightstand, that one did like 2 million views on TikTok, and wow. started, started going pretty crazy. And then, um, after that song, I went back to New York and we did real life sucks. And that did even more than nightstand that did like 6 million. Uh-huh. And then we just kept repeating the same process over and over again until we got to now. Wow. So after that first one and then getting, tell me about getting this message. Was it like, wow, like this could be a real thing for me. Like it's finally happening. Like what, what were you thinking when you got, or was it like, this guy is fake. Like this isn't real. It was, so I was really skeptical at first because I didn't, I, I didn't know who he was at the time. And he, he told me who he managed and, and what he did. And we talked over, over FaceTime. Mm-hmm. And when I spoke to him over FaceTime, he just seemed like a super genuine guy. Like my first read on him, like I can read people like when I first meet them. And so he was just like a really down to earth guy. He cared about me. He cared about my music from the very grip and he just wanted to help me, you know, build my career. And that's, that's what he did. So immediately I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. I got really nothing to lose at this point. Mm-hmm. And then, so you get some success from replace you. And then when you do nightstand, did you like, was it something where you're like, how are we going to, you know, follow up replace you? Is this song going to do as well? Like, did you have any nervous feelings where, you know, well, what happens if this next one doesn't work? like the first one did well it was more of just like i was just kind of and we still do it now i was just kind of living day by day uh-huh. just like doing things however we want to do them and just like not like not really focusing much on like is this song going to do well is it going to do well just like posting the songs and if it does well then it does well and nightstand was one of the songs like i went to new york and i was supposed to be in the studio for like two or three days but jesse got food poisoning from some bad pad thai and uh 
I was only able to go to the studio for like three hours the whole time I was in New York. And we, I immediately came to the studio. He played one guitar riff. I was like, let's just work on that. And then I wrote the hook to Nightstand. We finished the song and we recorded a video in the studio. And I posted it on TikTok when I landed. And the next morning, it was just insane. It, was, it had like a million views or something like that. Oh, and wow. Yeah. And then we finished the song and put it out. And then just kept doing that. That's crazy. So was this, you said a year ago, so COVID had happened. So what were you doing going into that? Like you just were selling cars and trying to write, write songs? Yeah, I was, sell, I was selling cars and living like in like a low income house area. Like I still kind of am living in a low income house area just to, you know, because rent is super affordable mm-hmm. and just doing what I want to do because I didn't want to live with my parents and I didn't want to go to college. So I just, I had to figure it out. So when I quit my job, I had really nothing. I wasn't really getting paid from, from selling cars that much mm-hmm. because I had just I had just started selling cars. So like getting into selling cars, you don't actually make commission on the cars you sell until you like finish your training or whatever. Oh, so I was just I was just making like a weekly I was making like, like hourly four, yeah, I was making like four or five hundred dollars a week just being there training every day, learning how to be a car salesman. And right before I got to the point where I was like gonna start being like a legit car salesman and like selling cars and making you know the big money i was like no i can't i can't do this every day i can't sit in this office and stare out and wait for somebody to walk in every single day so sure. i just i just left and and did everything i could to, did, you know, was, did, did COVID happen by that time i mean COVID, I would imagine, co- like that would yeah. be a hard job to have <laughs> if no yeah, one's co- going COVID happened in <laughs> march in march while i was in college and i dropped out of college and when i dropped out of college i was actually pressure washing uh, I started pressure washing and doing that. I had been doing that with since I was 16. But I was just pressure washing, doing odd jobs, and then I found the car salesman job and realized I was making enough money to move out of my house, and I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just I, I mean, I was just I was just working, man. Mm-hmm. That's and crazy. I, just, I mean, to see those numbers, like how? I mean, would you ever imagine, like you know, at not, not at all that you're going to be putting out a record that has you know, 10 plus million streams on it. And no, I hadn't, I had no idea where this was all going to go. I was just kind of winging it from the beginning. I'm still kind of winging it. <laughs> what was it like going to a big studio for the first time? I mean, from a laundry room closet to probably a really expensive, nice studio. It was, I mean, it was definitely, I was kind of starstruck at the beginning, just like, but I, my head was focused. Like I was, I, I was in the zone. I was like, we need to make the next song. And we did. And it just, it just all worked out. So I was, it's just about, I was really just about like believing in myself pretty much as corny as it sounds. Right. Did you have stuff ready? Like a, like a notebook or you, you just going into these things blind? Like, okay, well let's got to figure out what. Yeah. Let's figure it. It's really just, we ride the vibe, whatever, whatever we're feeling, whatever, whatever we're feeling goes. Wow. Okay. Sometimes I have notes. Like I'll write stuff down. Like I'm going throughout my day. If like something like pops in my head, I'll like write it down in my notes and go back to it later. Mm-hmm. but okay. mainly it's just flying blind flying, flying blind okay yeah that's really rad and i mean obviously you followed it up and, and followed it up and followed it up real life sucks did 13 million and, and and as your songs go i mean bad day is on spotify is like almost 36 million plays yeah it's crazy it's just the the, the amount that we built in such a short period of time is just crazy to me it's hard to ha- wrap my head around still now yeah i mean um do you have like a record coming out? Like what's the, what's the plan moving forward? 
So after um, after Cool Kids, we're planning on dropping like probably two more singles before I drop the project early next year, mm-hmm. which is called which is called Lifelong Daydream. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm not sure exactly how many songs are going to be on it. I don't think there's going to be more than ten songs on it. But okay. Bad Day and Cool Kids will be on it. Very very cool. And you have videos for both songs. For you have bad, bad day, day, bad day, yeah, bad day and cool kids. We have videos for both of those songs. What was it like shooting a music video? So the first music video I shot, I shot for Nightstand in Colorado, mm-hmm. and it was like I, I mean, like I said, I fly blind, so I just can't. I went to Colorado just you know with a little vision on what to do, and somebody that I had, it was a friend of a friend, videographer, that did the video, and you know. Ever since then, it's just been, you know, it feels so natural to me. Like, I, it, I feel like I'm where exactly where I want to be, exactly where I want to be. So, I, it, like, the nerves kind of go away. The anxiousness goes away. Like, when I'm doing what I want to do, it's just, I just have a good time. I'm just having fun. Mm-hmm. And do you help with the concepts of the videos and, and all of that? Yeah, like, the Cool Kids video we did, it was a Ferris Bueller-style video, which mm-hmm. I was, I watched Ferris Bueller for the first time not too long ago. Like right before we did the video with my friend Remy, who actually helped me write Cool Kids and Bad Day. And uh, we were watching Ferris Bueller and he was like, this would be such a cool like music video spinoff because there's so many like iconic scenes from Ferris Bueller that people would be able to recognize. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, let's do Cool Kids. Like, let's make it Ferris Bueller. And we did it and it turned out really dope. That's cool. Yeah, the video is awesome. I had a chance to check it out. Um, did you, when did you meet Remy? I've interviewed him for this show before. Remy, I met when we did when we did Real Life Sucks. Okay, I met for the first that, time. Somebody that you got put in a room with as a songwriter, or yeah, he was friends. He's friends with Jesse too, and and Brandon. They they all they all work they all work together. So they they linked me up with him, and we you know we hit it off, and now we're boys. That's cool. That's cool. Um, what do you? So are you constantly writing songs? Always. Like, I just try to, like, if an idea will pop in my head, and I've been learning how to play the guitar so I could write more original songs in my room. And people will send me beats and stuff, and I'll just sit and write songs because I still, I still love to do it. So, I mean, as much as it is like my job now, I still love writing songs. So, every day I'm, you know, trying to come up with different song ideas. Mm-hmm. Are you still working out of your laundry room studio? I, I moved from the laundry room down the street to a little townhouse, and the studio is now in my living room but i do main main uh mainly my vocal cutting right here just oh, on that I have a, yeah I have, a, I have a computer and a monitor right in front of me so i can just cut vocals and send them to producers and stuff to you know do do chops or whatever or just mess around that's awesome so you started a studio though right this one that you're talking about yeah 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 it's called one media we started it you know in the in the laundry room and now it's in a it's living a thing room. right wow it is a, it is a thing I, I it was the re, it was the reason i was able to pay rent because we were charging people to come in and you record music over like youtube beats and stuff and, and mixing and mastering for all these people and uh it just turned into a business and it helped me pay pay my rent and it helped kurt you know quit his job at walmart so that he could be a producer full-time and everything you know worked out and it's still building to this day we get more and more bookings every single day Really? So are you working with these artists or like, like how involved are you in the, with the studio? The studio, I'm more, I kind of like over, overlook everything. My roommate 
right now he manages the studio and he handles like the booking and texting people, letting people know like the rules and, and stuff like that. Uh, I just kind of overlook everything. Before it was me doing like all the promotion, getting people in the studio, getting the booking set up. But now he does it so that I can like go travel and and work on my music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he gets he gets a percentage of everything. I pay him and I pay Kurt to to engineer. Wow. And was this like, was it hard to get it off the ground? I would imagine that's probably a hard venture to start. Yeah. When I quit my job selling cars, I, we had like, like 25 followers on Instagram, the studio page did. And, and Kurt knew a lot of people that wanted to record at the time. He had a lot of people that he knew that made music. So we had, you know, a few, a few people come in here, here and then, and it just, you know, it kept building word of mouth is works really fast. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, now, sure. now we just get steady bookings and he's able to you know, make his money and pay his bills. That's incredible. And then you, you had a chance to quit the, the car job as well. There's selling the cars, but that was done yeah. before you had any success. Yeah, it was done. I just bet, I bet everything on myself and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. That's awesome. That's awesome. Have you had a chance to do a live show? Yeah, I got a chance to do a live show with, are you familiar with Western Estate? Mm-mm. Well, they're a small band. They're actually based out of, out of North Carolina, but they did a small tour, um, and one of the stops was Atlanta. So I drove down to Atlanta and opened for them, and that was my first time like performing in front of like a full crowd, and it was super. It was super fun. Yeah, how was that? How'd you prepare for that? Uh, so I had previously gotten booked for this really small festival in North Carolina, which like I was I went to perform at. I don't count it as a performance. Cause I like it got like the cops shut it down. The cops shut it down like in the middle of my set and everything. Oh, wow! It was it was it was just bonkers. So was that like a had, permit thing or they were you guys just like I don't know. Of- they had like they had like a time that they were supposed to end this end the end the festival, and I was the last performance because I was headlining it. Oh wow! So, yeah, so I was the last performance, and by that time, like the sets had taken up too much time, so they they cut us off mid set. But I mean, I still got paid for it, so I wasn't mad. <laughs> Yeah. Do you enjoy performing live? I love it. I love it. It's it's super surreal. The first time I did it w- w- at that festival, there was like literally twelve people standing in front of me, and it was it was a little difficult. But once I got to Atlanta and we had the full crowd, and I was able to actually you know play with the crowd and and get hype, it was super fun. I had the time of my life. Mm-hmm. Do you do, how do you do the the live show? Do you have somebody DJing for you? Yeah, yeah. For for that show, we had someone DJing because it was so last minute and we we don't have a band prepared or anything. But the next shows that I do, I'll probably do a support tour here soon. Uh, We'll have a full band. Yeah, I was going to say, because your songs are like, yeah, guitar driven and like, it's not like it's just some, you're just top lining over a a beat or something. Yeah, we need an actual band in there to get, get things lifted. Yeah, for sure. Well, I love the sound. The, the the record sounds awesome. Thank uh, you. The songs you're putting out now, um, and it, it sounds like you have more more to come. Yeah, a lot more to come. So much more. That's really cool. Is it? Uh, I mean, you must be excited. I mean, this must be a really exciting time to be what a year in, and you're seeing these numbers and the success. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I mean, I would have never, I would have never imagined it, but now that I'm here, it's just like. I just got to keep going, you know. I can't, I can't look back or or do anything like that. But I, I, I do tend to to sit and just kind of take it all in sometimes. Yeah, like seeing the first uh, hits of the like a million views. Like, what was like? 
I mean, I can't even like imagine seeing my phone and then seeing like a notification like that. Was it just yeah. like, what is happening? Like, did yeah, you- it was just like, I was just like, damn, I, I, I wasn't like, it wasn't super like, I wasn't like bothering my eyes out or anything, but it was, su- it was just, it was just crazy to see all the people that actually like my music and, and resonate with it and connect with it on the same level that I do. Because I love listening to my to my music, and I want I want to make music if I didn't enjoy listening to it, and just to see everybody else enjoy it. It's like you know, we're all we're all we're all homies. Very cool. I love it, and I love the songs you're doing. Like I said, and I appreciate you doing this interview. Uh, I have one more quick question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Uh, my my advice, and this is advice I will I give every time somebody asks me this question, is just do it. A lot of a lot of people, the only thing that's holding them back is themselves. They don't believe in themselves. They don't believe they can actually do it. Once you get down and you actually grind and you do it, good things will come. Only good things will come. <laughs>